Hello and welcome to the 129th episode of the Sausage Factory, which is brought to you by Spong.com and hosted by me, Chris O'Regan. In this show, we interview video game developers and ask them how they made their start making games, what their influences are, and who inspires them. Split into two halves, the show initially focuses on developers themselves, and in the second half, we discuss the game Hit Promote, which in this case is Lords of New York by Lunchtime Studios. Cyrus! Hello, Chris. Who are you, and what do you do? I'm Cyrus Nomadi. I'm the writer and producer for Lords of New York. I also do a little bit of voice acting in it. Yes, don't you just. I recognize yeah. <laughs> your dulcet tones um, from across the table if it's like a virtual thing. So, how did you make your start delving into the realm of uh, video game land? Uh, actually, it came in through my voice work. So I have uh, followed the games world for a, a very long time. I was, you know, a student of the old Lucas Arts games, where you know they really cared about presentation at a time where it was a nascent art form, and they wanted to make it fun. So it, it, it was always something that I had as, had aspired to. And once I became a voice actor, I got to have a deeper relationship with a lot of studios that I, I admired. Um, so with Lunchtime Studios in particular, I started with them as a voice actor, and we were doing some of the lines for the main character of Lords of New York, uh, named Vince, um, and he's a big-time gangster, and you know, I was having some more fun with the lines, and uh, I was ended up working with Dan Higgins, who's uh, one of the co-founders of the studio, and he liked what I was doing. He eventually signed me on as a writer, um, and I started doing that work. I, I Back in... Um, I live in California now, but I used to live in D.C., and I worked in the D.C. policy world, kind of in the journalism field. So I did a lot of writing there, and it was uh, you know, not a direct translation, but it helped me get into this business. And just knowing so much about um, all the elements and putting it together and doing technical project management in the past helped me get into this industry and, and really like join it. And the game industry has been so welcoming. Yeah, I mean, it's... I do a lot of retro game stuff as well. I uh, actually stream on, on Sunday night, so I, I, I stream old video games, not from an emulator, I hasten to add, from actual old machines, which is not... not yeah. Anyway. <laughs> um, and, you know, back then, you know, voice was, like, you know, barely recognisable if it could even work. And, oh, yeah. And, and, and you're right. In that era of the mid-'90s, it was from then, you know, maybe sort of Wing Commander from then, um, mm-hmm. Voice became a reality, a thing, a part of of the of the medium, and then uh, you know people. Oh my God, my computer's actually speaking to me, and there's something they tried to do for many years, but now it's a it's 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 quite common, and people are now actually getting to the point where they're critiquing uh, voice acting, uh, and um, you know there's uh, uh, everyone's gone to Rapture, which is a game that's mm-hmm. quite frankly sounds like a Radio Four play. Uh, yeah, <laughs> it, it, it does. It's quite a compliment in my in my book. Yes, uh, um, for me, you know, it's it's almost an episode of The Archers, but it's yeah, it's it's. Oh goodness, it does <laughs> less of a yeah, compliment. Less of a compliment, but uh, it, uh, no, no, it's it does feel like a really very good uh, radio play. And whereas uh, Kings, uh, sorry, Lords of New York is very much um, the the opposite of that. Was that, that that particular game is is that it's all sort of. Uh, abstract. It's just the voices floating in the air and these lights and things. And obviously, seriously, obviously, something very seriously has gone gone horribly wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas in Laws of New York, you've got a face. 
and you've got expressions and you've got this very it's it's uh, as, a, as it's more of a connection with the people yeah. so is that what drew that, you to the project yeah absolutely i mean because i i will go ahead and say that poker on its own like if you play it online without people like the only fun part of poker is really the people that are involved so mm-hmm. making character the center of our game is what drew me to the project uh, and I think it's what draws other people to the project as well, is that you're not playing against, you know, a, an entity that's in front of you. You are playing against a character, a person that has feelings and opinions about what you're doing. And when that comes out, that uh, that just raises the bar for the game significantly. Yeah. Um, as of any really good tabletop game, it's all about, uh, not all about, but part of it. Uh, is is about human interaction and looking into the eyes of someone. Um, some games more than others. Uh, yes. Because I play a lot of board games, and some of them are like, yeah, I can just sit there on my own. You're just other people, bags of flesh, um, sitting there also interacting with this thing I'm also interacting with. But ultimately, mm-hmm. I'm just, just doing my own thing. I don't particularly like those sorts of games because the, you may as well just play it on your own. Um, but yeah, exactly. It's um, but then there's other games which actually have direct interaction, or to the point where there's hardly any rules at all. You're just yelling at each other over a piece of cardboard. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but as, as a poker player, yes, this, this, um, laws of New York did draw me in. Before we delve into that, I want to ask you. As a creator of things, which you are now, whether you like it or not, because you've written a lot and you've you've actually created um, or helped create Lords of New York, certainly. Mm-hmm. What do you think influences you? Uh, it's probably those old games that I played when I was a kid. Like I was heavily into the Lucas Arts games, and I think a lot of it defined my my sense of humor. Between that and Saturday Night Live and things like uh, BBC Four Radio Plays, which I actually collected as a kid. Having that sense of presentation and place, uh, that was always an influence on me. So, I mean, really, the, those people at, at LucasArts who I, I get to work with now sometimes, is, is um, that really made me who I am and made me capable of working on a game like this. Yeah, to do comic timing on a point-and-click adventure, is, is that's a skill. <laughs> oh, absolutely. And, and on a game like this where... Um, I can only write so many lines for each character. And in Lords of New York, every character has uh, at least 150 lines just for poker. Um, it, it, it has to be something that can continually surprise and develop lines that you like no matter how often you play it. And, of course, I play it a lot, and I, I, I laugh at some of the lines. And I know that maybe yeah. sounds a little egomaniacal, but... Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's, uh, they say pretty, never, never laugh at your own jokes. And like, who says that? What do you I mean, know. What do you mean know. never laugh at your own jokes? What's the point? What's the point? You just, if I can't make myself laugh, how can I make other people laugh? Exactly. Right? Yeah, it's just like I never understood that one. It's that I think it's related to you know discretion being better part of valor. Like I know that is true and absolutely hundred percent true. But jokes, really? I don't yeah. Know. Yep. Yeah. They're, they're, they're said to be shared. Especially when they're not funny. Um, Absolutely. <laughs> at least you're, you're happy with it. Um, I, do, I do find myself doing that, you know, making a pun. Or, you know, I, I, play, I run a and d group, and if anyone drops mm-hmm. a pun, I'll, I'll give them the cold, hard DM stare. And like, what are, what are you doing? Do you want me to deduct five hit points just randomly? I can do that if you like. 
Yes, I'm not. Well, it's partially a stare of, of admiration. I it hope. is. It is. It's grudging admiration, which is why they get yes, money. Yes, exactly. Like, why didn't I put up put up with that? No, they said, <laughs> so. But yes, I, I love the fact that you you would you you draw your inspiration from good, tight comedic writing. Yeah, I, I, I my my biggest influence right now is actually uh, John Finnamore. If I could work with him. I, I don't know what I would do. I'd be so happy. I mean, he's he's a bit above my level, and he doesn't respond to any of my tweets. But that's that's the level of tightness that I look for. So forgive me, I, I'm not familiar with his work. Oh, yeah, I'm sorry. Uh, he, if you haven't heard the radio show, uh, uh, radio play uh, Cabin Pressure uh, with Benedict Cumberbatch and Roger Allen. Oh, right. um, okay. Oh, it's fantastic. He wrote that, and he also has a sketch comedy show on Radio Four. Uh, it's absolutely amazing. Like you owe it to yourself to listen to the guy. He is. Probably the best writer in British comedy right now. Oh, he, he wrote a lot of the Mitchell and Webb look. Oh, right. So he's up there with mm-hmm. likes of Chris Morris and Charlie Brooker and stuff like that. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. Because Charlie Brooker did the um, the um, Black Mirror series and and, uh, and Newswipe every year. It's it's yeah yeah. It's, uh, they're, they're all brilliant, brilliant comedians, uh, brilliant comic writers, which. Um, yeah, they're, they're not tears of a clown, though. You know the ones, the tragic people? Right. They're not like that exactly. at all. Exactly. They're actually completely yeah, fine. You know? <laughs> they're not, yeah, they just not, want to have fun. They're not assholes. They don't go to... They're actually really, really good people. And it's like, yep, we're just, we're just writing this stuff and painting the world for what it is and just making it even worse. Exactly. So, right. <laughs> yeah. And and that's... I mean, that certainly, the, you know, the world of Lords of New York, you have actually kept it very close to... To theme and to to close to what that world was in the 1930s, uh, prohibition, as lunatic as that was, on reflection, mm-hmm. um, was a thing that was happening, and um, it uh, you you but it is a it's 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 some of it is slightly exaggerated for because you're trying to tell a story, trying to paint a world. It's just like when you're trying to paint a more vibrant color when it actually mm-hmm. is. You know, uh, it's a more duller color than that, but you want to actually bring out, bring it out because the, the the artists believe that that thing is important. And I believe, yeah, I, there's a little bit of that going on with Lords of New York. Yeah, I mean, I think it's fair to say that our our story is is important to us, absolutely. But our characters are, you know, they're they're broadly drawn. I mean, they they are meant to have their personalities be right up front. So. Even though they're in their time and place very firmly, I mean, they, they make themselves very strong. Like, you know, in the voices that we choose and the characterizations that we have. If you play the early access game right now, uh, we have like wildly different characters that all existed at the time. Maybe they wouldn't have been in the same place, but in order to give like a true sense of time, like we do put them all in the same place. That's why we have like a female aviatrix, which was certainly novel, uh, at the time. Um, but you know, we wanted to have that representation and character come out. And, but you know, she's a little bit very, very much into flying, um, <laughs> but that's okay. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it's it's, it's poetic license, as they say. Um, it's a fantastic uh, concept and something I do uh, encourage in others and, and artists and creators that you can sort of distort reality to to fit your uh, narrative, mm-hmm. and that's okay. Not to the point where you give them a second head, and then you've rendered into another realm, and that's fine too. But only if you're that's your intention. But um, yeah. it's yeah, you're right. You're putting all these people around a poker table, for which they're playing poker for reasons it's not quite quite determined. 
maybe in the fuller game or the letter game we will understand that but um yes it uh, it's uh, some of the and some of the stuff there's a, there's a character who's all wibbling on just talking gibberish to distract everyone uh-huh. and he drives you drives you insane because he starts talking yes. absolute gibberish and like at one point <laughs> he starts doing a fourth wall breaking thing which is very funny he's like I was having this dream mm-hmm. where I was constantly playing poker we never go to the toilet Oh, sorry, bathroom. We never go, leave the table. We constantly keep on playing poker. It just doesn't stop. It's insane. It's like, like you are. Yeah, it's like, right. Yeah. So I think it's just a wonderful thing. And um, I've been playing it uh, on and off now for, for a while just to sort of experience, um, just to delve, mm-hmm. delve into it because it's much better playing on one's oneself at home rather than an, an, an expo which you and I did play against oh, each absolutely. other and it was really good fun And but it did bring back memories of playing uh, poker uh, years back so my next question uh, to you uh, find out a little bit more about you is what developer do you most in the video game industry and why hmm so let me see so growing up I was always I was Strongly admired Warren Spector. He he did uh, um, Deus Ex. He did Thief. And I think what he was and still is is, is better than anyone else at is creating that sense of place, mm. uh, particularly from an audio perspective, where it feels like you know you you are really in a different place. And if you have an inkling of something that you'd like to try, you can do it. He has this game concept that is like you know the, the holy grail is to have a fully realized city block where, where you can do just about anything. And that always appealed to me, especially when I was a kid and I would, you know, be riding the bus home and thinking like, Oh, if I could do X, Y, and Z, what would happen? So having that sort of choice available to you is, is really exciting. And it's a lot of why we play games is to do something that we aren't able to do in real life. I mean, like for instance, in our game, like playing cards with a bunch of gangsters is Probably not a good idea. No, you know, no, we make it a fun thing to do. That would, that would end badly for you. Uh, yes, I um, I think I told you a story. Where I used to play with a group of friends, and most people, when they say poker, they think Texas Hold'em because that's kind of the fault um, game. But when I played it, it was always the dealer's game. They would then randomly choose a variant of poker. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That is so exhausting. It's for just me, like, honestly. okay, what's this one? Well, well, I've got one. Oh God! Yep, <laughs> they yep. just spew out this thing which is vaguely reminiscent of, and they'd like oh. they make half the cards random, like or wild, like oh, oh. oh, I've got seven fives now. We've only got five cards. I know, but apparently, <laughs> I-, I played a poker game with a bunch of old school AI programmers about a year ago. Like I'm, I'm talking about like. The, the 60s and 70s, like these were the pioneers yeah. uh, of this industry and what they were doing with poker. I could not wrap my <laughs> head around. I, it was, I, I just, I just couldn't wait for it to be over because it was so complicated and every single round was different. It's just awful. Anyway, <laughs> um, so yeah, just, uh, what are you playing right now then, sir? Come on, Cyrus. What am I playing right now? Video oh, games gosh. are you playing right now? Well, I, I, I'm actually in uh, my yearly playthrough of Thief 2, which I never really got over. Uh, I, wait, I love wait. that game. The sound effects in it are, are, are wonderful. play Thief 2, the original 
Well, I'm not sure when it yes, came out. Yes, one it? from 2000, I think, either 2000 or 2001 oh, it came yeah, out. Because the first it was one, ugly then and it's ugly now. Yeah. But <laughs> So you had like people chasing you around, talking, calling you a taffer, whatever a taffer. Oh, yeah. Well, I think that it was such an experience for me when I first played the first game. And, you know, at the time, first-person shooters were just, you know, find the bad guys and shoot them. And this, when you die that way, you have to, like, take a step back and think, okay, what would I do if I were human? That that was totally a change for me, and it's still very much affecting. So I, I play that game a lot. I'm also playing uh, Book of Unwritten Tales 2, German adventure game, uh, which is quite good, and they just released it for the iPad. So something for me to do in bed. I've heard about that. Can you tell us more? The first one was really good. What's it about? Uh, it's a it's sort of mockingly high fantasy point-and-click adventure game with lots of fourth-wall-breaking Lords of the Rings references. Um, it, it's just very goofy and very tongue-in-cheek, um, and, I, and I like that. I mean, I think the the game is really solid. See, Germans I really can have to be pre- funny, just saying. I know, really, right? <laughs> I get really defensive when you start going, you can't tell it to, no, we can, and they do, and they can be funny. They can. The, the German version of The Office is amazing. I can't understand it. But, you know, you put people that are known for their efficiency and stoic, uh, sto- how do you, how do you say stoicness? Stoicity? Yes. I don't know. Stoicism. Yeah. Stoicism. Durr. Okay. Yes. Yeah. There's stoicism and you put them in these awkward situations. It's, it's absolutely hilarious. Stromberg. You can look it up on YouTube. Oh God. Because the British <laughs> office is, well, that's just, um, it's just full of subtlety, isn't it? That's the whole point. The, uh, yeah, it's just, it, it certainly built from um, the uh, well, no, the, the American office built from it, but it was just the reason. There's only two seasons, and it's because that's how we roll. We don't do any more than yep. that. Um, that's because <laughs> we just like to, you know. That's why Blackadder stopped at four because mm-hmm. there it is, you know. And the last one was really tragic, so he couldn't do any more than after that. <laughs> he's dead. Yeah, he's gone. He, you know, Blackadder line has wiped out well, after Captain Darling blew that whistle. Um, and so, but uh, yeah, it's it it is uh, extraordinary. Everyone's makes assumptions about certain cultures, but one shouldn't do that. Um, yes. because you know that we can all learn from what, each other, especially nowadays. Anyway, <laughs> so yeah, uh. yeah, Thief Two. It's a that's a that's a corker of a game, isn't it? I mean, it's a, I I did like the first one apart from the zombie bit. I'm not why. Mm-hmm. I mean, I can't sneak past zombies. I never got past the zombie bit. Actually, is one reflection. I don't think I ever finished Thief One. But what? And humans are much scarier enemies than any game. I think. Yeah, yeah, they're. Because they're unpredictable. That's the whole point. And yeah. I loved... My favourite part of Thief is actually getting your way with it. You know, pulling off the most... Oh, yeah, making making your own style of it. Like, making sure that, you know, you could knock people out, but you don't have to. No. No, you could actually sort of sneak... And so you, you play that every year? I love that game. I never got over it. That's amazing. I'm... I'm yeah. I am uh, in awe of that because, you know, <laughs> because as a journalist and as a commentator, as more I say, um, we'll I have to flip from one game to the other to the other. Of course, um, yeah. It does mean I do get one game that I I normally log, log, glom onto um, for a large part of the year, but not something I I, I return to. You know, I just okay, I'll do that, and then 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 I just move on to the next thing. It's just 
the nature of the medium. I have to absorb of course. as many different games. So I probably know a lot more about games than most um, that the typically journalists do know a lot more about the games that they're covering mm-hmm. because they have to absorb so many. And um, of course, yeah, you know, this whole deal. There's only six stories. Is it six stories or five? I forget. I can't remember. Um, but um, <laughs> it's a bit like that. They go, oh, yeah, you taking that from there, or you taking that from there. But I've tried to resist doing that because it's it undermines the work that's being presented to me, and I just have to take it for what it is. Um, yeah, there's a lot of depth in in uh, in some games that that make them you know infinitely replayable anyway. Like you know, for multiplayer, the only games that I play are Lords of New York and Rocket League. Those are the only games that I play with yeah, my friends. Rocket League, I love watching people. Because <laughs> when you put that down on paper, you describe that game to someone, you, there'll be a pause and they go, "That sounds like the yep. worst video game ever." It's like, yeah, it right. does, doesn't it? Driving around hitting a giant steel ball into the air while driving a car powered by rockets. You're absolutely right. Uh-huh. It's a terrible, terrible idea. Just go play it. Because yep. I love watching the brilliant expert players, if you will. The ones that can do, I think, sort of game-defying somersaults and aerial shots. I think, mm-hmm. how? How does <laughs> <laughs> How do they time it in such a way that they get it up in the air and they just slam it down into the goal from up on high? It just amazes me. Uh, they play a lot more than we do. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> but it's uh, it's a fabulous game. I can't believe they released it for free on PS PSN. Well, it's not free in inverted commas. You know what I mean? It's uh, of course uh, you still have to subscribe to it to, to keep hold of it. But uh, you listening, Nintendo? Are you listening? Sorry. <laughs> what's wrong with them jesus what's going on it. over there uh, but uh no i i, I do thoroughly uh so i guess i doff my cap to you on on the uh rocket league front uh it's it's an mm-hmm. extraordinary game i've just got into overwatch because my pc's now well pc was capable of running before but now it really can so uh and- oh i think i do have to play that i mean because like they they caught people's love so quickly yeah. with their characters even ones that hadn't even come out yet yeah. um and i'm stunned what they were able to do there so I, I think i've probably got something to learn from overwatch yeah and it's definitely you know blizzard fuck's sake yeah what is it about that they're just ugh. and they you know the, the few <laughs> developers that just turn around and go you know what this is rubbish what you've been working on for seven years yeah no it's rubbish let's just take all of this work and put it on fire but but no right. seriously it's rubbish but no, really. <laughs> there it goes. <laughs> right, what's next? No, but no, no, no. Seriously, that's done now. What about these little bits? Okay, you can take these bits and make a new game out and call it Overwatch. Rest of it's junk. There you go. It's in the floor. Uh, yeah, it's just amazing. They are uh, extraordinary uh, people. But uh, yeah, yeah we're, go- we're going for their level of quality with Lords of New York. That's what we're doing in our early access period. Is like you know really cleaning up a lot of that UI work. I mean, because like, I mean, a lot of Blizzard is just. Really good gameplay out balancing, and even more than that, I would say is really, really good UI. So, yeah. I mean, that's probably where we have the most work to do. So, yeah. once uh, once we get that settled, we'll be ready to leave early access. Absolutely, I think if I may, my biggest feedback would be to lean on the theme, really put it in the 1930s, and don't be yep. shy of actually making it not almost hard to read, but just use those type fonts, those those typewriter, because that's all they freaking mm-hmm. had. You know, what yep. we take for granted, you know, we have 12,000 fonts on our computers and stuff. 
they had one. Yep. <laughs> and <it> was, yep. <laughs> and it was just cranky, terrible. You know, I mean, how they how they lived back then, we can't imagine it. You know, we can barely imagine mm-hmm. what it was like before smartphones. I can just about remember it. It was a bit <sighs> weird. You know, going around, walking around, not having a computer in your hand was just. Why would you do that? Apparently, yeah, no one could find you. That was that was a different age, and you could get lost. What's that about? (laughs) Can only do that when I actually, you know, run out of battery life. But yeah, uh, anyway, (laughs) Um, (laughs) it's it's uh, it's a thing. But uh, let's move on from the first half of the show. Really, really chatting about you, but enough about you, good sir. Let us talk in detail about Lords of New York. question as moth reference of course kind of although it's not a law <laughs> it's a question and uh-huh. uh, so it's not really a question it's a request tell us about laws of new york sure well here uh, the the we just got done with pax out so i guess i have the pitch still in my mind so what we are is a poker game where we let you cheat i mean that's the the basics of how it works so it's set in the 1920s in the prohibition era and you, uh, whatever character you pick in our multiplayer game has a different way of cheating that's based on their character. So if we have one character that's very intimidating, all his powers of cheating will be based around intimidating other players. Like uh, Vince is our intimidator who can extort money from people. He can get them to not make certain moves. Uh, we got a Daredevil character. Uh, she, she's our uh, air, air, um aeronautics uh, queen who is um, she can shoot people down shoot down cards before they even come out so we really try to make that theme very apparent in whatever character is playing um, and we have a full story mode that we're working on where it guides you through the uh, underworld of the uh, mafia in the 1920s uh, while Prohibition is in full swing and obviously there's a lot of movings and shakings going on um, and you will play as Vince at first um, and making your way to the top of the Lords of New York poker tournament. Which is what it and is. That, yeah, yeah, the, that, that part of the game is closer to, you know, I would say um, uh, like a telltale kind of game where you're making moral choices and got lots of good dialogue, um, and, and those choices make a difference later on in the game. Yes, and you hinted at um, you have certain powers and each, each player has certain powers. Mm-hmm. And from what I experienced with playing the game, these these powers, it's not dissimilar to a MOBA, is it? Yeah, it's actually very similar. So when you start out the game, you have one power that's unlocked, and you have two other powers that you can 
unlock as the rounds progress or upgrade. Mm. Um, so stronger versions of those powers come out. But the and so it changes how the game flows. The beginning of the game is all about who are you playing against? What choices do I make that negate whatever uh, negative effects they can apply to me? And the late game becomes uh, largely like how aggressive can I be? Who am I targeting? Um, so really, we we tr- we try to have that dynamic element so the game doesn't feel boring ever. No, it's it's quite extraordinary. When I was sitting there going, "Wait, is someone going to say now you need to push mid? What? <laughs> <laughs> oh God, no! <laughs> but did that character just ask me to push mid? Because I'm not doing it. Because the last time I did it, it went terribly wrong again. Yep, yep. <laughs> I'm not going there. Look, we need you in mid. No. Wait, this is a poker game. Oh, gosh. Yeah, don't do that. No, it'd be quite funny to do that. Like, <laughs> no, don't worry. I may, maybe I'll throw that in as a joke. Yeah, line, it's but, just uh, one time. Unlikely. Someone to send, like, it'd be, you know, it'd be quite quite funny. You could do all sorts of weird <laughs> quips and references. Like, did she just say that? Yes. Yes, she did. Yep. She yep. asked you to go top. What? She did. <laughs> um, but so this relates to, my next question really relates to the, 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 the uh, MOBA aspect of it. And it's not a negative mm-hmm. because, you know, the best aspects of that's why MOBAs work because of this. Uh, what I'm about to ask you is, uh, yes, we've spoken about the level, leveling up of the, the character as the game progresses because, quite frankly, that simulates very well actual poker playing. You sit down and there might be one or two of you or two or three of you, you know, that know each other quite well, but there's that one new dude that's shown up because he's a friend of a friend, and he's like, mm-hmm. you don't know. And as you play, you you start to understand each other's tells and that sort of mm-hmm. thing. And it, it, it generally feels like you're simulating that aspect of it that, you know, not so much the cheating, but obviously your abilities to, to tell, to, to read other people's tells, and you start to change your game based on, like, well, I'm, I could I could do something here. I could... But if I raise the bet too high, I know he's going to bail because he's a coward. So you have to, right. you know, that kind of thing. So you, you start being able to... And the, 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 I think the whole levelling up system is a really good way of simulating that uh, in in a way. But my, my, my question to you is that really leading to the characters is that is there not similarities? You need to really, to get the most out of the multiplayer experience, one has to really know the characters that they're controlling. I think that's fair. I mean, uh, the game still has a, I mean, the regular poker game, of course, works just fine. I mean, and we have this emote system where we let players express themselves as their character. So the regular poker back and forth where you're able to bluff is still possible within the game. Um, Some people will just use it for fun, like to spam and to annoy other people, which is fun and we encourage it. It's something that you can do in real life. But yeah, I do think that if you learn how to use the powers and you understand what other characters' powers are, it's it's like a MOBA in that way. That you know what character is best against another, and and it, it uh, unlocks a different tier of play for people who know the game better. So when the game comes out, you know we will have modes that are more friendly to new players and for modes that are friendly to more experienced players and streamers. Yes, that's that, and I found that. Um... The more I played it, the more I'd be able to understand their strengths and weaknesses, and who I preferred to play as versus others, and that sort of thing. It's it's quite fun uh, to 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 read that to get that level of 
detail and depth from a game that is, yeah, it's ostensibly, and you said it earlier, poker at its core is not a very good game. Um, right. It really isn't. I prefer, you know, the, the, the card games I like, uh, well, they're not actually proper card games. They're like modified, not based on an actual deck of cards. Um, well, games like, um, Tichu and um, oh yeah yeah and um, Linko I think is, a, is what the uh, I don't know um, that one that, that's that's quite a good one as well and these are and of course there's Love Letter uh, and stuff uh-huh. like that and uh, these are, are much more entertaining games because they are reading another player and there's also some other interesting sort of crossover mechanic uh, going on uh, within the cars themselves because. To quote some a developer I interviewed many many moons ago now, but he said that um, these card games, whether it's Magic the Gathering or or you know the or, um, the you or what have you, it's a bit like programming. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> each, each card has an interaction with another card, depending on what you're doing, and then with others, and it's just basically if and or. He says, yeah, it's, yeah, it's, actions it's and reactions, it's actions and reactions. That's that's all it is, and uh, it's just, something. I, I mean, it's definitely something that we thought about in making this game, uh, how people play real poker with each other. Like, mm. uh, I have a friend that, you know, we played poker with back uh, when I lived in D.C., and it was a group of guys and one woman. And what she always did, she only uh, really bet when her cards were great. So, <laughs> of course, like, all, all the men, we're, we're still going to go in because, you know, we, we think, oh, we got it, or we can bluff her out or something like that but she really only did it when she was going to win so when we were making this game i'm thinking like how do we deal with a player who will always fold if they don't have good cards or how do i deal with a player who's always bluffing and we have powers that can really remove those safe places for players so they always have to be very active in the game and and that's been pretty gratifying like we, we really believe that we have made poker a better game with lords of new york yeah, I mean, again, with my friends, we used to play poker with each other years ago now, but we um, we had our own house rule on folding. Um, oh. if, if you folded and no bets have been placed, that is called a shandy fold. <laughs> if you did it three times during the evening, you had to drink shandy for the rest of the evening. Oh, I like it. Which is like, you know, did you just cowardly shandy fold? This, this was crap. <laughs> I don't care. You could have fixed it. There are ways to fix your hand. Mm-hmm. You just, what are you doing? <laughs> no one's bet yet. You know, it's like, uh, so yeah, I mean, Texas Hold'em was a game we would play. And what's quite funny is when you get two, you get a pair in, on a Texas, in, on the river, you get a pair, like, and you go, oh, look, someone's got a pair. <laughs> yes, everyone has got a pair, yep. Chris. Everyone. Oh, yeah, that's true. What if I got the third one? What? Oh, shit. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> <laughs> or the, the classic is, well, I've got, there's two queens there, and um, this is other two. <laughs> right. Oh, oh, yeah. I've done that one. Like, oh, I'm not sure. Uh, you know, he's sort of bluffing. Oh, I'm not sure if I've really won this one, because there's two queens there, but I've got these two. Is that a thing? <laughs> <laughs> Cards thrown at me. Shut up! <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but um, I, that's what I found when I, you know, when I'm, I've, I've drawn. It's happened a couple of times. I've got full houses. That's been really nice. Uh-huh. One off, you know, bluffing and drawing people in. That's the thing. Is, is you basically fishing because you know we've got this. You're constructing this amazing thing, but you can't reveal yourself. 
You can't. Yep. You can't. And that's and each character has ways of actually stopping you from doing that, or curtailing your ability, or you stop people from running or folding because you want their money. Um, and that's 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 quite fun. But you can actually push it too far and find yourself actually in a corner where you realise that either a everyone bails on you, or b actually your hand wasn't that great after all. Uh- yeah, I've had times in Lords of New York when I've been playing, and I, I, I play um, as Vince. He's, he's you know, he's the character that I voice in the game, right? Yeah. Uh, at least at this point, there are other ones. But anyway, he has a power that can prevent people from folding. So I, I really like it when I think that I have really great cards. And I remember one time I was playing with someone, and I just kept spamming that power on them and raising and raising and raising. Um, and, well, it turned out they had better cards than I did, so. yeah. yeah. <laughs> I lost a lot of money on that one. I'm going to talk a bit about the power-ups now. We've spoken a bit about it already, but how did you develop those? I want you to, to expand on their design. How did they come about? So there's two elements to it. One of them is based on the character itself. Does it match the character? So, uh, for instance, Veronica is our reporter character. She's really good at reading people. She knows when they're t- not telling the truth. So... All of her powers are uh, based around this ability of hers. Uh, furthermore, like she's an, our honest character, probably the most honest in the game. So all of her powers are technically not actually cheating. It's all based on observation. So uh, making it fit the character is probably foremost over anything else. Um, after that, it's making sure that there's a wide enough range and type of power for each character. So, you know, we want each character to have an aggressive power. We want a defensive power. We want, uh, some characters are heavier on reactionary powers. Like if someone does this, then this condition will happen. Um, so really we want to have as much ability for the player to get themselves out of various situations as they can. That and it adds that ability. It adds nuance. It adds texture to otherwise mm-hmm. what would be a quite bland and uninteresting experience because it's just playing pokey. If you want to do that, go one of the hundred or so you know gambling sites out there that can allow you to do that. Right. You know it, that's not what this is about. This is about a narrative. This is about a story that's built yeah. around the, the playing of of, of 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 poker in a way that you would normally do. Uh, if there were real people in front of you, uh, and this is what you do, you try to judge their tales, and what I was trying to alert you to or draw out of you was the was the idea of um, how games of poker or any card game or any board game, they, you know, only sort of twenty percent of the experience is actually the game itself. It's the interaction with everyone around the the, the table as they're poking around the bits of cardboard and wooden chits. Um, it's really that's what it's really all about, and you, that's what you've tried to create, which is a very brave thing to do. Yeah, I think the only other studio who's really done something like this in terms of making that character come out in a card game is uh, Telltale's Poker Night at the Inventory, particularly the second one. And you know, they didn't have cheating or anything like that, but the characters were strong. They reacted to you. They reacted to each other, and it made the game feel much, much more alive. That you will, you'll have in like a, a typical phone poker game or Facebook poker game or, or you know whoever else is running these days. Indeed, I want to go and talk to you about the art style now. Mm-hmm. Um, the screenshots don't do it justice. You need to see oh, yeah. this. You need to see this moving, everyone. 
because there's more to it. It feels like now I might be wrong about this, but it reminds me of a of a, of a form of animation which is not done this much these days. It looks a little mm-hmm. bit like rotoscoping. Is that what's going on? Oh no, actually, that's that's quite a compliment. Uh, if, if our animation is that good, yeah. um, no, actually, where we take a lot of influence from Disney, really. Um, right. Expression was so important to them, and I, and I guess it still is, uh, although they don't do traditional animation so much anymore. But but really, it's um, making sure that character reactions are very easily read by the player. So not only is the art style designed to be very, very clean, that clean art style helps us to develop these expressions. We actually have our own custom 2D animation tool where we're able to take flat 2D images and morph them realistically um, into different expressions. So what you're looking at is basically one image that has been morphed and animated to death. Um, and it's and it's really um, impressive to watch. Like when I see our animators playing with it, what they're able to do with a simple image is pretty impressive. Yeah, it's very strange. It just feels like it's popping out the screen at you. Yeah, <laughs> it's really. They, you know, when they move, it's not just a static image. And like, as I said, if unless you watch it and see it moving, the, the screenshots just don't do it justice. Um, and yes, you're right. It is an early access, and some work needs to be done on the UI, which you've openly admitted to. But it's it's tough call because you want to make it authentic. And true mm-hmm. to the original, not the original, to, to the uh, theme or the uh, setting. But you don't want to undermine the ability of the player to actually play the game in the first place. Exactly, exactly. We just want it as clean as possible. We want it unobtrusive. And of course, like we're aiming for an iOS release this summer. So as easy as we can make the UI, the better. I mean, so that is what we're preparing for and our story mode. So making all the foundations for the game that we want it to be is most important to us. Yeah. Um, and, of course, the music and sound effects, and we're playing a bit mm-hmm. of that on, in the show, but it's um, it's very very much of the period, is it not? Oh, yeah. Oh, the music I am so impressed by. That, that happened before I joined with the team. I think the, the guy who did it, I don't remember his name now, but he's this... He's, he loves Sonic the Hedgehog, and that's like, oh, he lives and breathes Sonic, and now he's doing the soundtrack for uh, an upcoming Sonic 2D game that they're making. But the guy made music that is absolutely perfect for the tone, but even more important, it's music I don't get tired of. I play this game all the time, and I come from a musical background, so I'm going to be critical, but this, I, it's, it's perfect. It's perfect. Like, I, I'm not just complimenting my own game. The music is amazing. Yeah, yeah. There's, <laughs> um, there's a band out there that keeps on popping up on um, my Facebook feed, where they um, do um, sort of jazz or versions of grunge. So they, oh, cool! They did. Um, they just done. Well, it's, I say just that. The one I just saw today, my brother sent it to me, was "Black Hole Sun" by Soundgarden, uh-huh. but it was in in like of this period. <laughs> so it had exactly the same, you know, lyrics and just the uh-huh. whole, but in a jazz like 1920s 30s style like <laughs> and it comes across this woman oh is it postmodern jukebox postmodern jukebox that's it yeah 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 oh they're really good they're, they're uh, they did a what did they do oh, my favorite one is um the george michael song uh breathless whisper careless uh they did that oh, right. careless whisper that's it yeah brilliant 
<laughs> and it's just like when I'm listening, when I'm playing Lords of New York, it just reminds me of that that just lo- that juxtaposition between mm-hmm. you know uh, mid nineties uh, grunge rock. <laughs> Which yeah, was, which was really dark stuff. It's got to be said, uh-huh. and and jazz for <laughs> jaunty sort of like postmodern music. Like this, this doesn't really shouldn't work. It feels it feels, it feels, <laughs> yeah. feels heretical to, to yes. um, and for them to do it. Like, no, Soundgarden, leave them alone, please. It's Chris Cornell. <laughs> no, no, but uh, it's it, it's it's uh, but that's one takeaway from playing Lords of New York. The whole. You can feel the smoke drifting in, you know, yes. because one smoking because they didn't know any better. Uh, but nowadays it would be all vaping, I suppose. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, I don't, yeah. <laughs> if we do a modern version of Lords of New York where they're vaping, I, uh, vaping I think I may have to leave the team. Yeah, like, I've got an idea. No, you haven't. No, seriously, no, really, shut up. We should, we should set it in the cyber, cyberpunk world. Get out. Get oh, God. <laughs> and it's going to be a woman with a huge mate. Get out. This is not. Yep. This is not 1982. Get out. No yep, one likes We're that. done. <laughs> we're done. Cyrus has been fantastic having you on, chatting to you about the excellent laws of New York. I do wish you the very, very best of luck with it. Thank you, and thank you for having me on. I've, I've really enjoyed it. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm glad that you got something from it. Uh, it's uh, it's a very ambitious game. I, I was really drawn to it when I saw it at PAX. And I'm very happy to have you on the show to chat about it. It's uh, one of the many reasons I go to PAX is to just recruit people for the for the show. Like, do you want to come on a podcast? And you immediately said, well, well of course I will come on a podcast. Naturally. <laughs> Naturally. <laughs> and, uh, and uh, yeah, it's it's been it's been great having you on. And uh, like I said, you're welcome to come back uh, and uh, chat about uh, whatever new project you have in the future. Sounds good. Yeah, I've always got some good stuff brewing. Yes, yes, no doubt. Long time, <laughs> long time studios will be making a lot more than just this. And I'm really happy to see this going to go on iOS because I think this game will work exceptionally well on an iPad. Yes, good. absolutely. That's that's what we're hoping for. And you know, by the time we're out on iOS, we'll have a bunch of new characters and uh, the start of our story mode. So it's going to be a grand grand time. Yes. Well, <laughs> thank you very much, sir. Thank you, Chris. And so ends another episode of the Sausage Factory. Do leave us an iTunes review and you can also, don't forget, listen to us on Stitcher.com. So just go to Stitcher.com and you can stream the show from there. You just look up the Sausage Factory and you can find us. That'd be great. You can follow me on Twitter at Chris O'Regan, no apostrophes. And uh, if you want to email me, any feedback on the show or actually you're a developer you listen to the show and want your game featured on it please do email me at chris at spong.com also don't forget to check out the computer game show which is the stablemate podcast shall we say of spong.com bye bye